Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 28th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block. And this week we're going to be studying Matthew chapter 26, Mark chapter 14, and John chapter 13. So only three chapters this week and there's some overlap in those chapters, but they are fantastic and there's so much good in these chapters to study and to dig into. So let's jump in. In Matthew chapter 26, we're going to see the story of Mary anointing the Savior. And it's really good in Matthew chapter 26, but I want to study it in John chapter 12. There are a few details in there that I think are important to recognize. So first of all, in John chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Now, this is an important detail because in Matthew, it says that they were in the home of Simon the leper. Now, I think that that's really interesting because here they're in Bethany with Lazarus. So most likely they were again in Martha's house. Again, in verse two, it says, There they made him a supper, and Martha served. Now, we know Martha. We've seen Martha. She tends to be worried about those details. She tends to be very service-oriented and taking care of people who are in her home. So here in chapter 12, it seems pretty obvious that they are in Martha's home. We know Mary lived there. We know Lazarus lived there. But it's interesting because it says in Matthew that they were in the home of Simon the leper. So it makes us wonder, okay, well, who is Simon the leper? Did John and Matthew just have their details mixed up? Or was Simon the leper the name of someone else in this story? Maybe Mary or Martha's husband, maybe their father. There's a few different people that it could be. And so it's just kind of an interesting detail, but it's an important detail to remember or to understand because there are a lot of misunderstandings about this story in particular, this story of Mary anointing the Savior. In Luke chapter 7, we see a story of a sinful woman who anoints the feet of the Savior. And oftentimes, a lot of biblical scholars say that these are actually the same story, that Martha was that sinful woman who anointed the feet of the Savior, and that the timeline was just messed up in one of the Gospels. Now, there are some details of these stories that seem to overlap, but there are some really important differences as well. And the differences are important to note because James Talmadge teaches that the sinful woman who anointed the Savior's feet in Luke chapter 7 was not Mary, that these were two different stories. Matthew, when he tells this story, almost seems to combine the Luke version with the John version. For example, in both Matthew and Luke, the woman takes the ointment from an alabaster box, which, I mean, if it was just a box, okay, that's normal to carry things in a box, but for it to be specifically called an alabaster box is very specific. The John version and the Luke version both say that the woman washed his feet with her hair, whereas that detail is left out of Matthew. So there are some overlapping things here, which it's understandable why some scholars believe that Mary was the sinful woman, that this is the same story. But I do think it's important to recognize that the teaching that we've received is that these are different stories and different women. So let's continue on in verse three of John chapter 12. It says, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. 
Now, spikenard is an ointment that we don't know much about. It's not something that we see very many places, but it is important to note that it says that this was a very, very expensive ointment, a very expensive thing that she did. In our modern day standards, a pound of spikenard would have been somewhere between forty and $50,000. Where Mary got this ointment, we don't know. How much of it she may have used, we also don't know. But we do know that this would have been very costly and a huge sacrifice for Mary. Verse 4, Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now, let's pause there really quickly because I'm going to do some speculation. Normally, I don't like to speculate, but I think it's kind of interesting here. Remember in the Matthew version, they are in the house of Simon the leper. And here we find out that Judas Iscariot was Simon's son. Was it Simon the leper? We don't know. But if so, isn't it interesting to think that perhaps Judas was converted because of witnessing the miracle of the healing of his own father? And if that were the case, if that's why he were converted, it would make sense that his conversion didn't run deep enough, that it wouldn't have been lasting enough which would explain the ultimate betrayal. Again, total speculation, but just something kind of interesting to consider. So Judas gets all huffy, gets all mad, and he says, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Now, it's an interesting question that Simon poses. Remember, the Savior taught the rich young ruler that if he wanted to truly do everything that he could, that he should sell all that he owns, give the money to the poor and to follow. Here, Mary is a follower of Jesus Christ. And Judah says, well, why shouldn't she sell this and give the money to the poor and come follow? You've asked others to do it. Why not this? This seems like a waste. But I love that John makes the point of saying he said this not because he cared about the poor or because he cared about doing those things, but because he was in charge of the money and he was greedy, a little foreshadowing of what was going to come. Verse 7, Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. So let's pause this story really quick and think about what are the principles of this story that we can apply to our lives. Here, Mary knew who the Savior was. That's very apparent throughout all the New Testament. Mary loved the Savior. She recognized him as the Messiah. She worshiped him as such. She loved him. And because of that, she was willing to make a huge sacrifice for him. She was willing to give whatever was necessary and do whatever was necessary to honor him and to show her love to him. My friends, in our lives, when we see the Savior for who he is, when we recognize him as our Savior and worship him as the Messiah, we then have the opportunity to make sacrifices in our lives in order to show that belief, that love, and that worship for him. Now, he doesn't ask us for a pound of spikenard, but there are other sacrifices we can make that show our faith in Jesus Christ. In one of my favorite talks of all time called When Thou Art Converted, Elder Christofferson teaches us this about sacrifice. He says, Let me mention one other thing. In ancient times, when people wanted to worship the Lord and seek his blessings, they often brought a gift. For example, when they went to the temple, they brought a sacrifice to place on the altar. 
After his atonement and resurrection, the Savior said he would no longer accept burnt offerings of animals. The gift or sacrifice he will accept now is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Is there something in you or in your life that is impure or unworthy? When you get rid of it, that is a gift to the Savior. Is there a good habit or quality that is lacking in your life? When you adopt it and make it part of your character, you are giving a gift to the Lord. Sometimes this is hard to do, but would your gifts of repentance and obedience be worthy gifts if they cost you nothing? Don't be afraid of the effort required, and remember, you don't have to do it alone. Jesus Christ will help you make of yourself a worthy gift. His grace will make you clean, even holy. Eventually, you will become like him, perfect in Christ. My friends, as we see Christ, as we love Christ, as we are converted to Christ, let us, like Mary, be willing to sacrifice and to give good gifts to him. He doesn't want our spike nerd. He doesn't want our material goods. He wants the gift of us, the gift of our soul, the gift of our change, the gift of our conversion. It's my testimony that with his help, we can give him good gifts that we can change those pieces of ourselves that he would have us change, and we can eventually become more like him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.